Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. I'm Kelly. Why are you screaming? Why wouldn't I scream? I'm excited. I don't know. You look pretty angry to me. I look... Oh. Maybe we should take this to the streets? Yeah. Uh, I guess usually we do like an opening bit, and the fact that I instantly took it into the first news story transition was maybe it was a little jarring for you. It was quite jarring for me personally, and I think it will be jarring for the listeners as well, but you know what? Here, let's, Life let's, is full okay. of surprises. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. I'm Kelly. Well, that had no energy this time. Let's try one more time. I'm, one more, Ke- oh, I'm wait, Kelly. Sh- sh- let's try one more time. One more time. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another... Wait. How do I say it? Hello, everyone, Hello, and welcome everyone. to... Okay. It, like, I said it, and I was like, that was wrong. Okay. 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 <laughs> let's one more time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. Uh, Streets of Rage is getting a movie. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. I forgot the whole point of restarting was so that we could do a bit. You know what? That's um, all right. I'll just edit. I'll, um, I have, yeah, like, digital you... versions of our voice, like that Troy Baker thing that happened a while ago. Yeah. I'll just make, yeah. I'll write a bit for us later. Yeah, you do whatever feels best for you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Kelly's angry because the Streets of Rage movie is happening from the creator of John Wick, Derek Kolstad. It's from Lionsgate Studios. Uh Kelly, I think you're the biggest Streets of Rage fan I know. <laughs> so how do you feel about this exciting news? I'm sure it's very exciting for my fellow Streets of Rage fans. <laughs> That's for darn tootin'. I've never, I would never in a million years expect this to be the fighting game to get a movie adaptation. But I was thinking about it, and Street Fighter, no, I'm sorry, Mortal Kombat has a bunch of movies, so I guess it makes sense. I think Um, Street Fighter just has that one, right? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know why fighting games seem to be the ones that everybody chooses to make movies out of, but. I've also never seen John Wick, which is wild because I'm I, I am an avid Keanu Reeves fan. Oh, yeah. I guess in that case, what's wrong with you? I, you're asking the you're asking the wrong girl. Do you think I don't Keanu know is going to be in Streets of Rage? No, but that would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Do you know what? I have a question. Okay. We report on movie versions of video games every week. And I feel like none actually come out. Like, yeah. when is this big wave of game movies going to start actually coming out? Yeah. Because we report on one like every other week, which would theoretically mean there should also be a movie coming out every other week. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just waiting for that wave of video game movies to come out and see if any of them are good. I do think a lot of them just kind of get buried in production because, I don't know, just seems like they would be expensive affairs and they all just have times don't come to fruition. They all just have such big names attached to them these days. I feel like every video game movie adaptation we talk about is like, this game's getting adapted by this huge director or this huge actor. And it's like, that's why I'm mostly surprised because I'm like, well, these people are too big to fail, you know? Like, they'll be fine. Yeah. Well, 
I'm oh, just wow. thinking of like the Last of Us show and how long ago we heard about it. So, you know, I guess we'll see in three to four years. Yeah, I had forgotten that we heard about that show like so long ago. Yeah. I had yeah. forgotten. Yeah, you had forgotten perhaps that you were in a strange land and that you were also a squid now. A squiddle? What are they called? Inkling? In Splatoon? Inkling. <laughs> I like squiddle. squiddle <laughs> I like squiddle a lot. I think that's a kid's cartoon. Squiddles? I'm not going to research. No. I'm just going to let I think you. It's a Homestuck reference. Anyway, um, <laughs> for some Nintendo Nintendo news, you like how I said Nintendo twice? I like how um, you said it once and then you said it again. Nintendo. I want to do like when you used to start up Animal Crossing for the GameCube and it would go, Nintendo. That's what you should do every time you mention them now. <laughs> um, Notable nin- Nintendo uh, figure, Kirby, <laughs> his game or their game. We had this discussion before. Yeah, um, I think, everything, the I think everything's Land. correct with, with Kirby. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land is the best-selling Kirby game um, in the series. Woo! Very exciting. Um, and other big news in terms of sales. Splatoon 3 sold 8 million doll hairs in its first opening month. Do you mean copies? Um, oh, it eight sold million $8 million. Yeah. Dollars. <laughs> <laughs> 8 million. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm drinking coffee right now. I'm very tired. Um, eight million <laughs> copies. If it sold eight million dollars, that would raise a lot of questions about Nintendo's business model. Yeah, I don't think they'd be doing so well. <laughs> I think the thing um, that's crazy about me is that that's just September, which means that's three weeks. Yeah, like yeah. we don't know what it's been since October first. So, and also like the holiday season right around the corner wouldn't surprise me if this topped like ten to twelve million. By the next, uh, what's it called? Quarter? Invest in financial report is what I was looking for. Oh, okay. I think mine was valid too, but whatever. Yeah, yours actually probably was more directly important. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is exciting. I it's exciting for Kirby fans, I think, because Kirby is one of those series that's kind of a, I don't want to say a sleeper, but. It's um, a big sleeper for how well known how well known of a character he is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like when you think about Nintendo, you think of like Mario and Link and your first thought might not be Kirby. Yeah, um, the Squiddles. The Squiddles. <laughs> um, um Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to do a fun transition, but were you done? Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay. I'm done. I'm ready. I was going to say or perhaps you think about Fire Emblem. And if you're thinking about Fire Emblem, you might be thinking about upcoming video game Fire Emblem Engage. And if you're thinking about Fire Emblem Engage, you might have looked it up on YouTube. And if you did that, you might have seen the new story trailer. Uh, this kind of this follows Nintendo's recent trend of announcing big games during directs and then following up with like little trailers post direct because there's no like this was announced in September. And there's not going to be a direct before it comes out, in all likelihood. The next direct will probably be February, which means if they don't do a trailer like now, theoretically they won't do one at all. Um, 
I don't know. I, I was fascinated by this trailer. You and I talked about this uh, this morning when it came out. I thought it was a good trailer, but I also thought the first trailer was uh, engaging. Oh, no pun intended. Oh. Oh. Um, I thought it was really, I liked the first trailer a lot, recognizing why people didn't. This trailer did not do anything to like bring in people who didn't like the first. This feels like an extension of that trailer. Yeah. I just find that the designs to me just aren't working. They're not working for me. It's very much, I said earlier, it, it it's like they look like um, Genshin Impact. Well, especially the female characters, I think, really suffer from this. They all kind of have the same face. And I'm not talking about like specific like coloring or anything like that. Like obviously they have different hair, eyes, whatever. But I just feel like these characters have a very severe case of same face, especially the girls. And I don't know. It's just they look like Genshin Impact characters to me. No, I <laughs> or see like, what you um, mean. Or like VTubers. They look like VTubers. And I just, I think I would be so much more excited for this game if I didn't hate the design of the main character. I think it is atrocious. I think seeing it in movement is making me not feel good. It's making me feel ill. <laughs> um, I'm still probably going to buy it just because it's Fire Emblem and I love Fire Emblem and big fan of the series. But I just don't feel good about um, the design choices of this game. How do you but feel? But it looks great. I mean, the animation and the cutscenes look really, really incredible, which I, is like a huge plus for me. And, you know, it's kind of fun to see Marth, even though I think he should be put to bed. He's evil now, though. Yeah, he's dark Marth. There's like a, a switch at the end, not a Nintendo Switch. Like, seemingly he was possessed or something. I don't know if that means like he'll be possessed for like a very small segment or if that means he's like the antagonist that would be cool yeah um, do you know what it is making me think of the red and blue <laughs> remember how when breath of the wild first came out and like the the sheikah slate was kind of like the same shape as a switch and it was kind of like a fun like meta thing like oh uh -huh. it's like it's kind of giving that with like the red and blue like the oh my god it's the same as this the joy cons yeah that's the default joy -Cons. literally like Kelly, pull up an image of the protagonist, and then I'm holding my blue and red switch right in front of me. It's the same. Yeah. Um, I will uh, to to kind of piggyback off your point. The animation in this game sort of blows my mind. Like it looks really good, not for Fire Emblem, just for a, not even for Switch. It just looks good for a game. Like the cutscenes look incredibly animated, and I don't know if like there's just like a good few minutes of pre-renders and this trailer is all of those. But I have a feeling that's not the case because it's kind of hard to show all your pre-renders in one trailer, you know, without spoiling the whole game. So I don't know. There's also like in the last half of like around like two 30 in the trailer, they do a flash of a bunch of characters and those characters look a lot more quaintly designed to me. And my hope is that, like, there's a lot more quaintly designed characters than the first half of the trailer would lead us to believe. Because, like you said, it, it is very, like, gotcha-pawn looking. Like, lots of mobile game gotcha character designs. And I probably, I, I do have to wonder if this was designed, or if they were inclined to design their characters around the popularity Heroes. of Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah. Because they are going to sell these characters in Fire Emblem Heroes, you know? That wouldn't be surprising. 
Yeah. Especially the one with like bubblegum arms. The one that has like yeah. gumballs all around her body. I'm okay. like, that's the most out of place one for me where I'm like, that does not look like a medieval character. That just looks like a lady with giant uh, gumballs. Okay. I actually kind of liked her design because I felt like it was different and fun. But I also feel like um, you're right. It doesn't. It's kind of out of place. Yeah. There's the also gumballs. very few characters of color in Fire Emblem's history. So it's exciting to see any representation like that, even that's if she true. has giant gumballs attached to her. <laughs> yeah definitely and it's like I don't know that's kind of what I was saying is like I see what they were trying to do like I get I get the vision I just don't know if I um I just don't know about like the the face the faces just look the same to me and I just don't like the um main character's design I just think it's really bad it's really bad I don't like looking at it I don't know if I'm going to be able to look at it for like 40 hours I don't like that I like the male version better than the female version because I don't Ugh. know the last time that happened. They're both awful. They are both awful. It's a lesser and of that two is, evils. And that, yeah, and that is really saying something because I think historically, um, don't you say the it? Female, the female protagonists kind of get shafted in terms of like armor. Like the oh, male counterparts yeah. always kind of get nice armor, and then like Corin and um, um, Byleth kind of for some reason have to have their like thighs out. Whatever. Yeah, it's for um aerodynamacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um and this one I actually like a, I like the female a little bit better because I kind of think that the pants on the the shoe sp- suspenders attached to the vest of the male character look really bad and are just not practical at on any level because if you walked and you like extended your leg far enough, you'd like pull yourself down forward. Just throwing that out there for the designers, but whatever. Yeah, I'll call them. I'll let them know. <laughs> I got them on the phone right now. They're avid talking games with Kelly and Andrew listeners. Yeah. They were really huh. confused by the opening of this episode. Yeah, they really were. They're like, what are they talking about? Um, anyway, we don't have to talk about Fire Emblem anymore. We've talked about it a lot. I just, uh, I just, I agree with you. It's nice to see some variation, especially with like characters of color, because we had like, like Claude was really important in Three Houses, but he was like the only, you know, per- he, he he was really it. And it was kind of like there's this whole story about this whole other nation and there's so much emphasis on like, you know, the difference between the differences between us not being that that um, being external only. You know what I mean? And then it was just like him and it was just like Claude really was the only one demonstrating that. that. Yeah concept that story concept that they were trying to drive home i mean him and um uh in the blue lions uh the do his name the do yeah i love the do he's the dude <laughs> i think you should move on you should move on pretty quickly i mean we were like wrapping up the fire emblem talk but then you said that <laughs> okay sorry um the game have a nice death the nintendo and uh, some more nintendo news um <gasps> will be coming to Switch and PC uh, March 22nd. Um, this was a game that was announced a while ago. It's got like the little Grim Reaper guy being really, really cute. Um, maybe it wasn't announced a while ago. It was. It, it was, was last Game Awards. Well, okay. I, I mean, a year ago now, December yeah. of 2021. 20, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, so that will be on Switch and PC March 22nd. We did 
we talked about this game in our 2022 preview at the end of last year because like it was just assumed to be this year yeah and then it came to early access a while ago and i don't have pc so i don't even have that option to play it but i kind of forgot about it i knew i wanted to play it because it has a really nice art style mm-hmm. like i think it has a really sharp art style and i also like roguelikes of this nature but you know kind of fell to the wayside and now we get to play it in march Woo-woo. um another thing that we get to play early next year that was announced in the same little uh, Nintendo independent game showcase was Blanc. We knew about this game. It's uh, You play as a little doe, a little white deer, and a tiny black fox. It's a co-op puzzle adventure game. I'm so excited to play it. I'm going to play it with my partner. And I, not to be sappy, but it is coming out on February 14th, which is adorable. It's so cute. <laughs> I'm real excited. I'm excited to see this game more. I'm excited to play this game more. It's so cute. Are I'm you... excited to play it. Yeah. I Me? I'm just I don't even know what to say. It's just adorable. If you haven't looked it up, go look it up. It's B L A N B L A N C Blanc. It's very cute. Very cute. You know who else is really cute? Um, uh, Geralt of Rivia. James of Rivia. James. <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth of Rivia. <laughs> Billy of Rivia. <laughs> <laughs> um, CD Project Red, CDPR as we know them, um, has announced that current gen consoles, PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X, um, we'll be getting the next gen Witcher 3 update on December 14th. Wow. It's December actually 14th happening. Is a, is a month away. Not even. So. Woo. I'm, it feels like it's not supposed to actually happen. They've just pushed know, this off like, so many times for some reason. I know. I feel like this is so out of the blue. Like I wasn't really prepared for this news. It's also kind of rude because I did promise I was going to play this game when it got a current gen patch and then they just kept pushing it. And now it's coming out like when I'm still trying to recover from the game deluge, you know, right now I'm like, I'm deep in the deluge. I cannot, there are so many games to play and I'm playing all of them and I'm trying to finish all of them. Adding the Witcher three to that list (laughs) does not feel realistic. Yeah, that's like a whole other level of commitment. Right. And like That's like a marriage. Yeah, I'm not ready to get married. I'm currently in like 12 marriages. <laughs> I'm like actively married to a large god of war and a little hedgehog at the same time. Do you really think I can add a witcher to that list? That sounds really nice actually. It is. I get two very different like styles of of love. Oh. Like one is like very protective. Mm-hmm. Um and the other is the god of war. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure we'll talk more about this after we actually see gameplay because that's a weird little thing. And once it's out, maybe. Woo! This I feel like this might one. This might be something I'm talking about many months from now when I finally Ooh! get to it. Maybe uh, I'll talk about it. Do you have it on PS4? I thought you had it on PC. I have a physical copy on PS4. Okay, so you so. have it. You will get it for free on PS5. Yeah, if I well, can then find the space. I lied because I thought Kelly had it on PC, but 
but she has it on PS5 or PS4, soon to be PS5. I'm a liar. No, uh, Andrew's a liar. I'm a truth teller. Yeah, I'm not a liar, though. I'm just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing that is dumb, remedies control. <laughs> Sorry, that's really mean. Wow. Okay. Uh, no, I I lo- I kind of liked Remedies Control. I was I wasn't the biggest fan, but a lot of people love that game. Exciting news if you did. It is getting a sequel. Control 2 is currently in development at Remedy. I feel like that should have been implied, but surprisingly it wasn't. Um published by 505 Games for the PlayStation 5, Series X and PC. I think it's good news that it's coming to only current gen because you know remedy does a really good job of pushing the technology really far and they're really good at like ray tracing and stuff so i'm excited to see what they have in store for the sequel even if i didn't love the first yeah yeah this is uh this is interesting um this is the game that i always for some reason get confused with medium medium yeah well (laughs) because it's like the same well it's because one is a lady standing here like this, like she's holding a glass of wine that's not really there, which is the medium. And then control mm-hmm. is like if she took the glass of wine and she's throwing it at you. Yes. But they're the same kind of looking woman. One has red hair, one has white hair. Yes. And and Remedy's also making Alan, the next Alan Wake. Yeah. Very interesting. They're busy. Very interesting. I wonder what's coming first. I would assume Alan Wake, but... I would assume Alan Wake, since we found out about that last December, and it has a 2023 release window. My eye, my one eyebrow is raised in skepticism. I think it's, I think you can make the decision of whether it's coming out in 2023 on December 8th, because if it doesn't make a reappearance at the Game Awards, I feel like that's a sign to be weary of its release. True, very true, and you know what? Speaking of the Game Awards. Nominees were announced. Very exciting. For Game of the Year. Now, I think there were a few shoe-ins on this list. There are a few that I'm very surprised to see there. And Here, I'll tell you the ones that I'm not surprised first, and then I'll tell you the ones that I am surprised last. Uh, Elden Ring. Yeah. God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. You saw that one coming? No, but when I look at the others on this list, I'm not surprised. I think there always needs to be a Switch and or Nintendo game on here. Yeah. Um, Stray, which but, was a little bit surprising, mm-hmm. but I feel like it had a lot of like outside gaming hype. Like people who aren't gamers knew about this game. So. Yeah, it was like it's like the uh, community pick. It feels like. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. There was so much hype around it. Yeah. And uh, here are the two that's that shocked and surprised me: uh, a Plague Tale Requiem and Horizon Forbidden West. Um, I don't think either of these games are particularly that good, so I was a little bit surprised. I think because, like, for me, Horizon would have made perfect sense if God of War didn't come out, because realistically, right. Jeff is a corporate boy, which we means can say shill. Yeah, which means <laughs> that I feel like they have to have a Sony pick on this list. Yeah. So, you know, Horizon would be the, the shoe-in for that. But since God of War came out, and my humble opinion is it's actually between Elden Ring and God of War. That's the only yes. real competition here. Yes. Because, like, last year it was very – there were, like, a lot of maybes. Um, 
this year it's like no it's it's Elden Ring or God of War. If you just yeah. look at like the the aggregate scores, which I know that's not what matters the most, but if you look at those, there is one game that is like there are two games that are almost perfect scores and the rest have like high 80s, which is good. That's fantastic, but a 95 average versus an 85 average is a big difference in video games. Yeah. Yeah. I Who's got your vote, Andrew? I haven't finished God of War. If I had let's just let's guess now. Because I don't want to say what mine is because okay. you know, we have a game of the year episode coming up and I also have not finished one right. of these games, that being God of War. Right. But I would I'm going to put money on Elden Ring. Interesting. I think Elden Ring should win, and we'll talk about that more when we do our Game of the Year episode, but I think God of War might win. Okay. Interesting. This is kind of the same thing that happened with, um, in 2018 with Red Dead and God of War, Um, but people will disagree now and say that God of War deserved it, because I kind of thought Red Dead should have won in 2018. I would have picked Red Dead personally. Me too, but I think a lot of people look at it with hindsight and say that it's just too slow. But I think the narrative of that game was so, so strong. And I think God of War 2018 is great. I think it's a great game. Anyway, we don't have to talk we don't have to talk about twenty eighteen. I was just trying to give like do a frame of reference. I literally pulled up the twenty eighteen nominees because I couldn't remember what else was nominated. Celeste was my game of the year 2018 so like mm. I was the true outsider there because everybody's like is it, <laughs> it going to be God of War or uh, the other one what are we talking about uh, Red, Red Dead. Dead and I was just like it's Celeste and that's the <laughs> thing like people put a lot of stake on this mm-hmm. it means so little mm-hmm. because if you already played the game this won't influence what you buy you know, if you played all six of these games and you have a favorite, why does it matter what Jeff Keeley says the best one is? Well, because Jeff Keeley is our our patron saint. He is our guiding light. He is our touch point. Yeah. Okay. He is the North Star by which I form all of my opinions. Okay. Well, so. good. If all I'm saying is if your game of the year is freaking Goat Simulator 3, go for it, you know? Who cares what Jeff tells you it is? Yeah. Also, if your game of the year is Goat Simulator 3, please reach out to us. I want to know why. I'm fascinated by that possibility. I think you should look into doing some psychohypnosis to actually be a goat in real life, like in your head. Something to think about. Um... No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of all the news that we have for this week. But I do have something very, very fun for all of you. And that is a very exciting word from our co-sponsor. Uh, this episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew is sponsored by Sentry, a new <gasps> esports organization from Pittsburgh. Uh, Their team runs tournaments for Smash and other video games. And you can find them on Twitch at twitch.tv slash pghcentry. 
or you can go to their website, smacksentry.gg, which is S-M-A-K-Sentry.gg, um, to find more info about attending or viewing their content. Thank you, as always, to our lovely co-sponsor. We love you. We appreciate you. We had no, well, well, maybe, well, we have maybe Sonic we information. Had some Sonic information, but uh, for some reason, Andrew decided to keep that in his back pocket. So, I would like to thank you, and I know how you really feel about Sonic, and we don't have to get into it. You know how Sentry feels, or I feel? Uh, both of you, all of the above. The entity that is Sentry and the individual that is you. How does Sentry feel about Sonic? Like I said, we're not going to get into it here. I No, we have like a little time. I'll get through my reviews real quick if it means that you tell me how Sentry feels about Sonic. I am keeping that to myself because I am beholden to our co-sponsor. And I'll Sentry loves Sonic. Sentry oh. loves Sonic so oh. deeply. Do I have to cut this? No. Yes. Crap. No. For legal reasons, I also love Sonic. You, wait, you love Sentry or Sonic? Uh, both. What's... Did you... What? Oh, huh? Did you see on Twitter that Shadow the Hedgehog said he was a Swifty? Shad Why like is... the Shadow? Yeah. Did yeah, he pay for Shadow like a blue check or is it actually Shadow the Hedgehog? No, it was like a, it was like a, like the voice actors were, it was like a little clip thing of the voice actors talking in character and they were, they were making jokes and um, they were oh. speaking and uh, Shadow the Hedgehog said that he was a Swifty, but not in so many words. He just quoted a song and then Amy got excited because he was a Swifty because she's also a Swifty. And I can't believe I'm having to explain a sense of Sonic lore to you. Lore. <laughs> <laughs> this is the deep lore, okay? You're not going to get this anywhere else except for Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew and maybe those old Sonic comics that I used to rent at the library. Are you secretly the biggest Sonic fan uh, on the show? Uh, uh, I got to go. You uh, At Halloween, I had a Halloween gathering with some people last weekend and I dressed up as Sonk the Hedgehog. And by that, I mean I put on a Sonk hat. And Kelly put on her Hillary Clinton hat. It was okay. <laughs> For the record. You really didn't think I was going to bring that into the podcast, did you? For the record, I was not dressed as Hillary Clinton. I was dressed as Scully from the X-Files. Dana For the Scully. Record, Kelly didn't yeah. even look like she was dressed like Hillary Clinton. I just said it once as a bit and she got real mad and I was like well I guess that means I'm committing to this all night and now on a recorded podcast that will go publicly including to some who didn't even see the costume maybe you should Pokemon go to the polls Andrew Kelly that's about that? Kelly that's next week oh sorry maybe you should Bayonetta go to the polls <laughs> Andrew <laughs> oh Kelly I finished Bayonetta 3 Wow. Uh, I think that the story wrapped in a really good way. It was a lot darker than I expected, but it was uh, well made and I kind of enjoyed it. I think it was well deserved. I know there's a lot of negativity flowing around that game on the Internet, but honestly, I, I think every game has a lot of negativity floating around on the Internet. So I'm kind of just like, I don't look at Twitter unless it's like cool fan art. Um, 
I think it's going to be a real, real long time till Bayonetta 4, based partially on how the game ended and also just like based on the development cycle and what I think is going to come in the future. I do think we'll get a sequel. I don't know if it'll have 4 in the title or what, but I don't think we'll see it till like probably late on the next Nintendo console would be my guess. Do you the think Mc- the four will be sorry? Yeah, do you think the, f- the four will be the A. Maybe I think in all likelihood it'll probably be Bayonetta and then a subtitle though. Oh, okay. But Fair the mechanics in the late game really shake up a lot of things because last week when I talked about it, I hadn't quite finished it. They allow for some really incredible improvisation, which I think is really cool in a character action game like this. It should be noted that the screen kind of can become some kind of visual noise. I was showing it to uh, a friend of the show, Itwa, and he could not tell what was going on because it was just four enemies that all filled the screen hitting each other in the most nonsensical ways. But I recognized like certain visual and audio cues, so I was like dodging every attack perfectly and just clobbering everybody, even though it was just a bunch of colors moving on screen. Oh, well. I will say Bayonetta 2 is still my favorite. Um but I did love this game, just not quite as much. And I'm excited to pick it up like here and there when I'm bored to hone my abilities in the game and play some of the, the bonus challenges that you unlock after you finish the game, as well as do some of like the achievements and side content in the main game. I'm especially excited by the prospect of playing this on the next Nintendo system. My hope would be that they do a nice update so that it has a higher resolution and fixes some of the frame rate problems. The resolution on this game was pretty pretty bad there are times when it was like kind of fuzzy noticeably fuzzy and i think that kind of that hurt the art style a bit it's hard to appreciate the beautiful designs and stuff when it's fuzzy so i think uh, a port or a up or an update on the next nintendo console would be incredibly nice hopefully that is down the road for us another game that i finished brand new game came out tuesday of this week so two days ago, if you're listening on time of recording, Somerville. This was one of my most anticipated games of the year, and then it kind of fell to nothingness until we heard about its release date a couple weeks ago. Uh, right off the bat, just going to let you know, this game runs very poorly on Xbox One X, and I assume also Xbox One S and Xbox One. It struggled to maintain 30 most of the game. And there are even some occasional cinematic moments where it would stick to a consistent, like, 15. It was really choppy, kind of hard to look at at times. Like, the opening cutscene, there's a car driving down a road, and that's it. And it was running at, like, 15, 10, 15 frames per second. And I was like, this actually hurts my eyes. It's so jerky. And it's not, like, a consistent 15 either. It's, like, up and down frame pacing, lots of screen tearing. Lots of technical problems are happening here. This was clearly built for like Series X and PC first, and they didn't put too much thought into that Xbox One version, sadly. But that's just getting the bad stuff out of the way because the art design is really awesome. It's a standout. It looks unique among a lot of other games that kind of blend together. The atmosphere is really dour, but it has a really nice color palette. Um, It's a really dark visual game, but it has a lot of nice... uh, sort of desaturated colors that complement each other really nicely as well as the darker backgrounds the gameplay is extremely straightforward the puzzles are often just like holding a button and you have like two powered arms one of which can make uh 
alien objects disappear and another can make them solidify. So like you can turn water into solid ground and walk. In case you didn't know, I guess I should have said this game is a side-scrolling story game. It's uh, very akin to Inside, which makes sense because it's one of the creative leads of that game that made this. Um, And it follows uh, a guy who is separated from his family during an alien invasion. Um, So there is no dialogue, which means the story's pretty vague. They just kind of like look at each other and do little grunts and stuff. And it's implied that they're talking to each other, but you don't hear it. Um, but it leans a lot on tropes, like a lot of alien tropes, like World of Worlds, Arrival, that kind of stuff. Um, so it's not hard to follow what's going on. It has some really good emotional moments in there. But be warned, it is, like I said, very dour. The story can get real dark and upsetting. So if that's not your cup of tea, I would avoid this one. It took me three hours to finish the game completely. I think any longer, and I probably couldn't have continued to overlook those technical shortcomings, but considering the short length and the interesting environment and story, I think it was worth powering through that stuff. Also, it is on Game Pass, so if you have access to that, it's free, it's included, give it a try. It's short, which I love, it's a nice little romp. Uh, If you don't, it's 25 bucks. I think that's a little steep. Maybe wait for it to go on sale a little closer to 10 or 15 and it's then it's definitely worth it. It also could be one of those games that's perfectly enjoyable to watch a playthrough. You know, I'm one who thinks it's better to play games than watch them, but there's certain games that kind of serve their purpose being watched, and this one would probably be that. Whew. Kelly, do you want to just take over? Do you want to play God of War for me and then do the review? I played too many games. Yeah. Um so I didn't play God of War, but I'm going to talk about it for Andrew. <laughs> um, you play as Kratos, who is a big bald guy, and you have a son still. You didn't no no changes to the son, okay? He's just a little bit taller now. And his voice is very silly. His his voice is different because he's going through pu- he's pubescent now. Yeah. Um Would you like me you to take back over since have an axe? Um, um Yeah. Yeah, maybe you should take... I mean, if you're feeling up to it, Andrew, I think it would be great for you to take over. Yeah. I thought for a second you were just going to start reading my notes, but then you started making it sound like you were reading my notes and that my notes sucked. (laughs) So I'm going to start reading my actual notes, which they do suck, but oh well, I'll I'll try to turn them into good words. Uh, This game visually is awesome. The graphics are incredible, but it's not the biggest leap up from the first game. If you're playing it on PS5 and you played the first game on PS4, in that sense, it's going to look better because it's much higher, for, uh, much higher uh, resolution and texture detail. And I personally play at the lock 60 FPS mode because I think that's more enjoyable than the 4K mode because I like frames in my game. Uh, this does feel like a very direct continuation, not just like the story, but also like the way the game handles it feels like you're just picking up a game that you let set down like four years ago if you played it in 2018 the combat has had like some small improvements to it though and that does make it feel better than 2018 it's a little more fluid feels like you can switch weapons more easily Um, maybe it's all in my head maybe it's the exact same game and they copy pasted it but it does feel smoother to me i think the enemies are kind of uh, the ai is a little better designed so and who knows maybe it'll get even better as i progress it does feel pretty easy um, parries in particular are very easy, but
but that's also because I have just come off the heels of Bayonetta 3, which has a very challenging parry mechanic to use. And this game, you just tap the L1 button, and you're probably going to successfully parry. Um, the story is very intriguing, though. That's obviously the thing. The narrative is like the biggest selling point for this game. There's a lot of it. There's lots of cutscenes. I'm mostly driven by my excitement to see more of Thor and Odin. Their introduction in the opening segment of the game was really, really awesome. I thought it was a very fun scene, and I want to see more of those characters, and that's kind of what's driving me at this point. The acting is incredible. Thor's played by Ryan Hurst, who I know from Bates Motel, and I think he's an awesome guy, like an awesome actor. He was also in, um, what's the biker show? Sons, Sons of, Anarchy. of Anarchy. Yeah, he's the main character in that. Um. He's really talented, and I don't know the guy who's playing Odin, but he's real good, um, and the writing is top of the line, elite video game writing, you know? They clearly know how to write as though you were watching like some top-tier television or film. Um, I can't say tons more. I'm about four hours in, and I do feel like I'm just scratching the surface. I'm going to play more. I'm excited to play more. Um, I'm looking forward to see what else this game holds, and I'm sure... You'll hear me talk about it more in the near future. Um, my computer has opened Microsoft Word, which is relevant because one of the most avid Microsoft Word users in the world is Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, that's true. My computer forced me into that transition. You have to say it was good. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to say it was good. Okay, fine. Day before God of War uh, came out, Kelly was really mean to me, and also Sonic Frontiers launched. I played it. I'm playing on PS5, and wow, it's not a bad game. <laughs> uh, right off the bat, I'm just going to put it out there. I've seen, like, no bugs. I've played about three hours, and I have had no bugs it's almost weird playing a Sonic game like this without bugs, but hey, it's happening. Oh, well, you know, I'm not going to dwell on the fact that this isn't full of hilarious bugs because I'd prefer my game work, I guess. I will say the mechanics of this game feel a little odd at first. Once you get a handle on them, though, on the feel of like the games and the physics engine and the open zone actually opens up to you, it becomes really fun and engaging. The open zone has a lot of simple but really fun and fast-paced activities to do. Uh, imagine shrines from Breath of the Wild that you're finding throughout the world, but like greatly shrunken. Sometimes the puzzles that you're doing only take a couple seconds, and they're already on the overworld. So, you know, when in Breath of the Wild, you find a shrine, you stop, you go inside, you observe your puzzle, you do the puzzle, you get a reward, you leave. This, it's literally you walk up to it and you're like, hmm, puzzle. And then you're like, oh, that's the solution. And then you do it and you're done. And they give you a reward and you move on. I think that considering it's Sonic, that serves it very well. There's a lot less content in that sense, but that's okay. You know, you don't need lots of content to be good. The story is pretty nothing so far. Again, I'm uh, three or four hours in, but the characters are charmingly written and there's some really cute moments. There's one part in the early game that I really liked where Sonic is running and it cuts to a cutscene of Amy and Amy's like, Sonic, like, come here. And he's running like just past her when she says that. 
And then instead of turning around and coming back, he just comes back in from the side he started on. Like he did a really big circle. And I thought it was the cutest little detail in the world. It was very funny. I haven't laughed at a Sonic game before, but I laughed out loud at that. (laughs) Um, I have finished the first of what I have been uh, led to believe is five zones. So if you don't know, this game is not an open world, but instead it has open zones, which are just little open worlds. I think that serves it well because it's very challenging to make like a fluid and and convincing open world, especially when you're able to run across it at such blistering speeds. So doing the zone served it well. Um, I'm going to keep playing it. I have so many games to play right now that it's hard to keep my attention in one place for very long, but I am enjoying it. And I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to finish it unless there's a big drop off in quality. Uh, the biggest disappointment for me is that this is too good to be like a funny meme um, which is really disappointing because, you know, I would have been attaching century ad reads to Sonic Frontiers for like a month at least, <laughs> but it's also not quite good enough to like blow me away yet, but that's okay. Not every game needs to blow me away. You know, I played Somerville this week. I liked it and it didn't blow me away and that's okay. I enjoyed it. This feels the same. Um, also you go real fast. You start pretty slow. And also you can set like sonic speed in the settings. So if you're not as experienced with platformers, you can keep a speed pretty low. But when you get maximum rings, which like for me is 400 rings at the moment, your speed like doubles and you can get across the open world in like a minute, the open zone in like a minute. And it's so, that's the best part of the game for me is literally just running really fast. Not a goal in mind. Just what if I went fast and then I do and I love it. So that's Sonic Frontiers. Wow, I just saw the part that you were talking about where Sonic runs past Amy and then he goes in a big circle. And Yeah, is it funny? It's cute. Yeah. Sorry, I'm it glad wasn't. You're in, I'm glad you're enjoying all of the games that you've played this week. Yeah, um, it's not exhausting at all to try to finish all these games uh, <laughs> back to back. It's not exhausting. I love video games. You know that, audience. Right. Um, <laughs> but we will be keeping busy because... um. Just a couple days from now, tomorrow, if you're listening on day of release, Pokemon Scarlet Violet comes out. <laughs> wow. that Was that your impression of Fue Coco? Yeah. I'm so excited. What starter are you picking? Um, I don't know yet. I don't know You yet. don't know yet? I know, I know. I you have I really two like, days. I really like. Oh, what's what's the cat's name? Spregatito. Yeah, yeah. I really like her, uh, them, but I don't know yet because I want the. I kind of like. I I love a crocodile and I love an alligator. Um, Do you like bell peppers as well? I love bell peppers. Here's <laughs> put a little bell pepper, a little bit of cream cheese, a little bit of uh, not cream cheese. What am I thinking of? Sour cream? No. Well, maybe, but maybe more like a little bit of bell pepper, and then you do like the f- the French onion. No, what's the dip called? Maybe French onion, like veggie dip in the middle. And you're making me hungry. Sorry. Um. So I might pick. I don't know their. I know their names, but like Fue Coco's the little alligator. Yeah. Okay, so I might pick him, and I might pick um, the little cat. I don't know. I don't no know about Quaxley. Quaxley though. No Quaxley for you. He's cute, but 
um I don't know. I I feel like water types in me, I never I very rarely pick a water type because I feel like they're very abundant whereas like fire types not as much. So Yeah, I'm a I'm going to pick Sprigatito and name it Ven after my cat. Oh, that's so cute. I like I like all of them, but I saw Sprigatito and it was like one of the rare circumstances where I was like, that's my starter. I'm getting that starter. Usually I have yeah. to think about it, but that one it was like, nope, that's mine. Not to say anything negative about the other two. I just really like Sprigatito. Yeah. I'm just excited for a new Pokemon game. I feel like um, I liked Arceus, but... Uh, you want traditional. I want tradi- I want. I want to go catch them all, and I want to become the Pokemon champion. And I want to meet that that professor. Wait, which ver- version are you getting? I'm getting Violet. Nice. So we're getting Scarlet and Violet. Yes. Because yes. I'm getting Scarlet because I think the legendary running on all fours while having tires in its chest is the funniest thing on the planet. Yeah, I liked the legendary in Violet a little bit more, and I liked the professor in Violet a little bit more. Do you like that the, the the legendary uses actual wheels in Violet? Yeah, it just seems a bit more logical, but that's why I don't want it. <laughs> but 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 purple is also like my favorite color, so yeah, I like red more than purple. I like both a lot, though. This is too, those two colors are a little too good, you know. Yeah, it's like a win win. Definitely. So, but anyway, we'll be back next week. We'll have our impressions. We'll find out which starter Kelly picked. <laughs> We'll find out if Kelly copies me and gets Sprigatito and names it Cookie. No, I won't. I wouldn't be upset. That's cute. Unless I do. (laughs) That was terrifying. Why did you do that? (laughs) Anyway, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye. Bye.